Are there nerds here tonight? Nerds! You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Carissa. Not hot in spite of being a geek, but because of it. Being a nerd, it's not about what you love. It's about how you love it. Hey guys. Hey everybody. This is Evan. And I'm Carissa. And we are the Lucky 10,000, the podcast that gets you luckier than an out-of-work M&M at a blind rapper competition. Well, okay, well done. Thank you. Good stuff. And there's a reason that we say that. But first, before we get into today's episode, uh, we just wanted to thank you guys for being patient with us as we took Thanksgiving off. It was a holiday. It was a holiday. This is a lot of work. I don't know if you guys know that or not. <laughs> this is a ton of work, what we're doing here. We have to, like, talk to each other. Ugh. And then, like, one of us has to, like, edit and then like, it is the worst. Oh post it on Twitter. Right? Ugh. It's, like, two hours a week or something. Come on. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm not a machine, people. But we did take Thanksgiving off. We both had wonderful Thanksgivings. But we would also like to thank the networks that have us on, which is Musings of a Geek and Tangent Bound podcast, along with the Bearded Pods Network itself, featuring also the Bearded Ones podcast and Teddy and the Bassman. And also, Carissa, I saw something in the news that I've actually been holding on to that I wanted to ask you about before we got into this. I hope this is a true story. I really do. Okay. This goes back to the fact that we are both Star Wars and Star Trek nerds. And something very exciting, I'm sure you've read it by now because it's been out for a while, but I saw an article on ubergizmo.com saying that transparent aluminum is now a reality. Transparent aluminum? Yes. That was Star Trek's way of explaining the windows on their ships. If you remember in Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, Scotty shows the guy at the at the at the plant how to make transparent aluminum right. in order to Yeah, so supposedly they have been able to start manufacturing it. Which Oh, is that Oh, oh, I saw like a blurb about it, but I didn't actually read up on it. That's uh, well, if you want to, just uh, once this podcast is over, Google uh, Transparent Aluminum Reel, and there's an article in ubergizmo.com. It's all one Alon. word. Alon, optically transparent in the near ultraviolet, visible in midwave, midwave infrared regions of the electromagnetic spectrum. And that is really exciting, because I don't know what the practical applications of it are in space, but it was Star Trek's way of always getting around the fact that in space you really can't have, at least not right now, big windows, because the vacuum of space would simply destroy them. Right. And so they always had the big windows on the Enterprise and, you know, a lot of Star Trek ships. So they actually, I think, took it to the logical level that there would be a way you could make something strong enough to resist the vacuum of space and still have a nice window to look out of instead of a tiny little portal. Currently, it is the leading candidate for lightweight, high-performance transparent armor applications such as bulletproof and blast-resistant windows. It has been shown to stop multiple armor-piercing projectiles of up to 50 cal. Well, that's, that's... Amazing, right? Damn. Yeah. So that's exciting. I wanted to know if you'd heard of that, and if not, I wanted to get your take on it. Oh, that's very cool. But in a way, speaking of Star Trek and Star Wars, we're getting back into... Actually, this is going to end up being a more traditional episode, because this is an episode that's going to be about something that you know a lot about and are very passionate about, and I honestly know next to nothing about, and that would be Nerdcore. Nerdcore. Nerdcore hip-hop. Now, you sent me some samples of some Nerdcore hip-hop I songs. did, and I'm going to include them in the final edit, so yeah. everybody else will get to get the same taste. Yeah. In preparation for it, uh, the first video basically showing, telling us something we all know, that Data is a pimp. But uh, 
And I really enjoyed that one. But yeah, I guess it's not a shock to me that this has become a thing because we're all children of pop culture in one way or the other. And you, it's not like you have to be someone from the streets or angry to be able to be a good rapper. I mean, Will Smith is not an angry guy. Sure. But it makes perfect sense that these two things should be able to marry. And if you don't know, it's basically people rapping about geeky things. Yeah, for the most part. And not like, it's... you know, your grandma. A hip, a hip, a hip, a hip, a hip, a hip. I like Andy Griffith. You know, it's not it's not that. It is people with actual skills who are not just one-off jokes, but they're actually forming an entire music genre now around geek-inspired rapping. Yeah, absolutely. And nerdcore is, I mean, not a huge or mainstream thing. It's absolutely not. It's pretty fringe uh, sure. genre music, as it would be. But, but you know, we see we see fringe things hit the mainstream all the time. I mean, just 20 years ago, being a geek wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. And it seems like with that, I would not be surprised to see some of these things really catching huge fire. I mean, if Weird Al raps, it's kind of already nerdcore, and he has rapped a lot. I mean, what is white and nerdy except an Yeah, anthem? exactly. I mean, white and nerdy <laughs> nerdcore. is a complete entry into that genre. So I'm sure basically everyone has heard Weird Al's white and nerdy. Mm-hmm. And All probably, about the Pentiums. Yeah. And probably the original rap songs that they were parodied from. Yes. So they're that's more humorous, though Definitely, yeah. not at all unskilled. Oh, and no, he's fantastic. In fact, White and Nerdy is one of, not my favorite songs ever, but it's a badass song. Like, I really, really... Chamillionaire himself has come out and said that Weird Al did an excellent job rapping on that song. Well, yeah, I mean, he does a really good job, which isn't surprising because Weird Al is really good at what he does. Yes. And, of course, he's parodied rap before. Mm-hmm. It's not a new thing for him. No. And it's it's kind of a good bridge, actually, as an example, because it is absolutely rap. It is absolutely nerdy. I mean, mm-hmm. nerdy's in the title of the song. And that's kind of a good basis to start a comparison. Yeah. And I mean, the song you sent me, like I said, the first one I watched is called Positronic Pimp by Futuristic Sex Robots. Yep. The whole album, actually. Yeah, let's go ahead and just talk about them now since you brought it up. Sure. I mean, it's a good, it's a good entry. I mean, we all, you know, we live in a generation now where you can't get more exciting than the fact that a new Star Wars movie is coming out. Sure. And it's not just like, ooh, I want to see it. It is passion. So if you're passionate about rap, which a lot of people from our generation are, if you're passionate about geek stuff, which a ton of people from our generation are, why not meld the two? And, you know, I watched the video. I watched the song. It's not like they're – it is very – this one in particular is very tongue-in-cheek, but it still yeah, is like these is, are made by Star Trek fans. There is a lot of tongue-in-cheek, actually, in all of Nerdcore. Despite being serious, it's real rap, it's real music, it's yes. real work. They're actually producing art with this. But it is very tongue-in-cheek because the content and subject matter tend to be about things like role-playing games and right. Star Wars and sci-fi and computers. And these are things that aren't about you know, like how hard life is in the streets or right. whatever. Because, I mean, for the most part, they're you know college-age white guys. Right. Give or take. I mean, that's kind of going to be your average age group and demographic of a nerdcore rapper for the most part. And, you know, college age slash master's degree seeking slash post PhD candidate. Yeah, not a lot of anger at Whitey in those. Yeah, not a whole lot of from the street cred going on there. But they have a lot of nerd cred. And that's what they know about. So as writers, that's what they write about. Mm hmm. And it ends up being very accessible to people like me. And I, I'm, I know that I'm not the only, you know, mid-30s white 
girl who really likes rap as oh, a style. Can't. Because we grew up, we, we've talked about it before, yeah. we all grew up with it. We exactly. were there when rap started and it became a part of our lives. It has become less the anthem of people from projects or streets and more the anthem of just anyone who digs that style of music. And yeah. that has turned into a ton of people who don't have that life experience at all, but still are attracted to the way rhymes are created or or the the majesty of watching a really good freestyle rapper, who, which is just amazing if someone yeah. can really oh, totally. do it well. You know, and we have grown up with people like Most Death, who who is now like, you know, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to yeah, the Galaxy. Exactly. For sake. So you can't be a you can't be a young person in the eighties and not at least know some rap. And then you Absolutely. grow up in the nineties when it really boomed and you had people like Dre and Snoop Dogg who were really getting huge. And then to also be there at the time when, you know, Star Trek Next Generation was on the air again and and the new Star Wars movies were being re released and then later on coming out into theaters and, and you know, Doctor Who has become huge. I mean, all that stuff it, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And nerdcore itself, the the term nerdcore uh, is ascribed as a phrase to MC Frontalot, whom I will also get MC to later. MC Frontalot? MC Frontalot. And he coined the term nerdcore. He was also the least successful knight of the round table. I'm pretty sure that's where he got his name. <laughs> I'll go battle! I'll just be over here. <laughs> the thing that connects most nerdcore rappers because the subject matter while it tends to be of general nerd interest isn't always and some of them aren't about nerd stuff at all some of them are about you know actually writing music or you know stuff that actual quote-unquote actual rappers rap yeah that's, about. that's a good question that's the first question i had really because you know a lot more about it than i do um with a band like futuristic sex robots or somebody else like zealous one you sent me a song from zealous one zombie killer yeah which is the widest way you could ever say it's zombie killer. Do these bands, do you know much of their other music? Do they specifically only talk about nerd stuff? Well, for this show, I have a list of 10 kind of entries into nerdcore. If you want to know kind sure. of what it's all about, here are the 10 that I suggest you listen to first. And I'll play samples of them so you get sure. a feel for it. And then three that are kind of notable, not exactly nerdcore, but also part of the Venn diagram. They overlap. Sure. And largely, the subject matter is pretty nerdy. It's stuff about playing video games or computer hacking. Yeah, or... there was one you sent me that I thought was really interesting because they used sort of 8-bit technology to create their beats, yes. as it were. That's generally called chiptune. Yeah. That's a chiptune. And lots of chiptunes in Nerdcore, which I think is fantastic because if you're able to take old school 8-bit mm -hmm. MIDI sound and actually turn it into decent music. Well, it's kind of like it takes us back to the magic of when DJing first kind of hit. Exactly. And when it sampling is a lot first kind of hit. It is a lot more like a two turntables and a microphone sort yeah. of emceeing and a lot less like, you know, the overproduced hype that we get today. Yeah, that's the problem. As I think younger people growing up today, not to sound like an old man, but I'm going to sound like an old man, they see that kind of thing. And I'm not saying there's no skill involved in it, but it was really miraculous when you saw back in the day somebody take records, like literal records, and not steal other people's music, just take pieces of other people's music and create an entirely new song from it. And not in yeah. a way that, you know, Vanilla Ice 
blatantly <laughs> stole the baseline from Under Pressure, but, you know, really making something new and exciting. And right. it was really frowned upon at first from a lot of people who just didn't understand was. it. Well, Sugar Hill Gang got in a whole lot of trouble yeah. for that early yeah. before it became kind of more, this is just how this music is made and... And now I guess it just seems like I, I, maybe I can't comment because I really don't understand how it's done much. It just seemed a lot more challenging back then where now, you know, you get it cause with the with the increase of technology and with the ease in which you can take music samples from other things. And I'm sorry, I hate house music. I just listen to it and just want to crawl under a hole and die because it <laughs> really, you know, again, sounding like an old man does all sound exactly the same. It's just this one generic beat and you're waiting for the big drop and then it's just so you can roll on ecstasy for another two hours to one song. And I just don't get it. And I've done ecstasy, but I don't get it. So these guys seem to me, the ones that we're talking about anyway, that do that, to be doing something really challenging all over again. is taking 8-bit music, which has always been looked at as the most primitive you can get because they were only working with what they had, and now making something new out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And there are lots of kind of electronica sort of sure. people, like I could throw out some names, like Shell Riley, sure. uh, who does a lot of chiptune stuff and that's basically what they do is they take old 8-bit midis and make new depths of musical creation out of it and that is actually something that nerdcore artists that nerdcore artists do pretty much across the board is all self-published for Did the that most kind part. of start the nerdcore thing that 8-bit we want to make a song out of 8-bit music mm, no not really I mean, there are even, not that they would ascribe this to themselves, but do you remember the Beastie Boys song Intergalactic? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Intergalactic, if it hadn't been a Beastie Boys song after a long history of Beastie Boys making their own music, Mm -hmm. Intergalactic itself would absolutely qualify as a nerdcore song. Hmm. It's rap about robots in space. I mean, that's a nerdy topic that's being rapped about. But nerdcore as an artist definition is really just kind of self-identifying as nerdcore. So there are several artists that I would totally consider to be nerdcore who don't ascribe that to themselves. Interesting. But what they have in common is that for the most part, this is them doing it. It's not a huge major record label with a studio and eight producers overhyping their shit on their mixing boards. It's this one guy or these three guys or whatever and a laptop and some sound mixers and maybe some actual turntable work. And it's very DIY. (laughs) Yeah. And that is kind of the beauty of this time period that we're in is that we have the technology to enable just kind of your average everyday guy who just really likes rap, can keep a beat, can write decent lyrics, and then he can go on his computer by himself in his house and pull up music and a mixer and make a song out of all that. Well, and thank God. For that too, because if there's one thing that really killed people and I think hurt rap in general, it's that, you know, you had the original people like your Run DMCs and your NWAs who were talking about what they saw and had a real anger and a genuine need to express themselves. And then uh, obviously that turned into the people who think, well, rap can only be about your struggle. So I'm going to write really insincere songs about a struggle I've never had. 
Right. And then you have people that are like, I love rap, but I know nothing about struggle. I will just rap about something I'm genuinely passionate about. And that keeps it real. Uh, people always say keeping it real, and you think it means, well, you can't rap if you're not from the streets. I think it just means expressing yourself honestly. Yeah, just keep it real. And there have actually been two documentaries about nerdcore artists made about 10 years ago, both Excellent. of them. Uh, one is Nerdcore for Life, which is kind of a behind the scenes of Nerdcore really getting its start. And one of the artists that they interview in Nerdcore for Life says, like, I, I can't really identify with that because I'm not like, I mean, he happened to be a black guy, but he was just like, you know, suburban teenager or right. whatever. Right. He was like, I don't have any of that, but I can totally identify with the death of Phoenix. Yeah. So I can wrap <laughs> up traumatizing that. for us all. You know, exactly. fuck, you know, seeing your best friend get shot. Phoenix died. Yeah. And that's so that's what he knows. Through. And as a writer, that's what he can write about. So he transitions that into good music. Yeah. Which and is I great. Think, you know, people's complaints about mainstream music is just the lack of honesty. You know, you look yeah. at somebody like, even, you know, I'm still a big hard, hard rock, heavy metal fan. When somebody like Andrew W.K. came out, I was shocked because this guy is sh looking really angry. You know, he's on the cover of his album, his bloody nose and everything. But all his songs are about partying, like every single one. <laughs> He's like so angry that he just wants to party. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least it's fucking honest. He's like, I'm not going to tell you about the awful life I had because maybe I didn't have an awful life, but I love this music. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm not really putting him up as an artist per se, but that's just what it reminded me of is that you can sing about anything. You can write a song about anything that you're passionate about. You just have to be honest. Absolutely. And if you have a talent for writing music and writing lyrics, I mean, the people who are also passionate about those things will support you. Absolutely. And so, I think people who aren't passionate about like if you're a good rapper, you're a good rapper. I think most people who really respect the craft would go, look, I don't identify with what he's rapping about at all, but he's doing a fantastic job or she is doing a fantastic job. So, yeah, I mean, talent, hopefully in this world, especially in the age of the Internet, will out. And if you're really good and honest about something, hopefully then you do get at least known and people can say, look, I don't know shit about Star Wars, but I fucking love the way you rap about it. Sure. So let's get into it. Sure. Since you brought them up first, I was going to do this list in reverse alphabetical order. So other than this one, I'll stick to that. But we'll okay. start with futuristic sex robots. Yes. And we'll start with them because they're not making music anymore. <laughs> so. Oh, really? Yeah, they're they haven't recorded in like oh, a decade. Oh, yeah. This one you sent me was uploaded in 06. Yeah, it's it's been a while. But when they were recording, they were great. And they have an album called Hotel Coral Essex. And the song that I've picked is Positronic Pimp. Let me tell you about a man from the 24th century. Put a lot of fools in a space penitentiary. He's a futuristic sex android. Too cool for school or bad hemorrhoids. He's the only one. He's that unique. And he saved the ship every single week. With 88 Peter Pots in his brain. His freestyles flow with like fine champagne. So there's obviously more to the song than the little clip that I'm playing. Yes. And that's kind of their deal. They'll just pick a thing. They have a song, Back to the Future, which is just the story of the movie Back to the Future nice. wrapped. Yeah. Like the, the rapper is Marty McFly in the song. And nice. he just wraps the plot to Back to the Future. And it's great. Very tongue in cheek. Very like, I don't want to call it cute because it's not cute, but it's kind of cute. Say it's cute. Yeah, it's kind of cute. There's nothing wrong with that. And one of my favorite Nerdcore songs is actually theirs. And it's a song that they did with Spit Yo-Yo Mafia. And they were Halo players, PvP oh, okay. players in Halo. And so their song is about how 
badass they are at killing you in Halo. And mm-hmm. it's a really, really good song. Well, you know, it's true music, I think a lot of times great music comes from anger, and there is nothing that will get you angrier than being in a scenario in a video game where someone is just wiping the floor with you. Absolutely. And then teabagging you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And both the song and the video are like that. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious, and it's great stuff. They're sort of playing the role of your obnoxious friend that is way too good at a video game, and you hate him for it. Right. Yeah. And one thing that I like about them, and a couple other artists have done songs about games, specific games like World of Warcraft mm-hmm. or Halo 2 or whatever. And listening to them now, you know, a decade later, or six years later, or even three years later, and they reference things that were true at the time. And it's just, it's adorable. It's like, oh, aww. you know what? I wish these guys were around now just to write one more song. And I want that song to be about when you play Tekken 2 against the guy who decides to be the drunken master who just lays <laughs> on his back and ankle kicks you to death and you can't do anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> I've had someone do that to me, to a room full of people, and it was I the most hear frustrating one. thing ever. I, I imagine some nerdcore rapper somewhere has already done this, but oh, I haven't found it yet. I want to do one. I want to hear one about Chun Li and constantly kicking. Like, oh you yeah, just oh. can't get into her fucking leg space. Yeah. I want to hear that. I think it would be great. As much as we want to get into her leg space for so many reasons, <laughs> and also like, there's something about those video games too. Not to get off on a little bit of a tangent, where you yeah. don't want to be killed by the cutesy character. You just don't. You're just this big badass, like, I got fucking swords and guns. And then she's and... like, ha, 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 And then you're, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Chun-Li. Unless you're playing as Chun-Li. Right. Which, you know, you just have to hit the one button and then you just win. It's like. Hey, oh, believe me. I've been through that many times. And the problem is it never worked the other way. Like, I couldn't be Chun-Li and then kick someone's ass. No. But that one person that knew the timing exactly right. Yeah. To play a character like Chun Li, you were just like, oh, fuck you. And the problem was, nobody wanted to play them after a while. Like, you, you'd have a group full of people, but like, hey, let's play Street Fighter 2. And then that guy shows up, and you're like, uh, I was just watching. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, next on the list. All right. The next on the list is Zealous One. Mm-hmm. He is not as prolific as I would like, but he does perform. He's not as prolific a recorder as I would like, but he does perform quite frequently. Right. And the clip that I've chosen is from his song, Zombie Killer. Yeah. Swinging like a madman, taking on a nation. Every time I swing is a full decapitation. Bullets start to fly in the jeep swings by. My homie jumps in because I wouldn't let him die. Now we drive by throwing Molotov cocktails. Blowing out the brains of fire, it never fails. Grab a 45 in your graveyard fiddler. I am the fear of the nightlife thriller. I'm a killer. Killer. And I chose that for a couple reasons. One, because it's a really great song. And two, because it's right up your alley, Evan. Well, it captured my heart with just the very first line. It's straight from the original Dawn of the Dead. So I was like, okay, yeah, she knows me. Yeah, that's pretty much why I went with that one. And he has the distinction in my mind of sounding the most like a quote-unquote real rapper. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know... The song itself, Zombie Killer, it like it doesn't sound tongue in cheek at all. No, it's basically the theme song for The Walking Dead. It should be because it's just like, yeah, this is like a serious rap about zombies. Like I'm yeah. not fucking around. It totally is not tongue in cheek. It's we're seriously rapping about killing zombies in the apocalypse. Yeah, it's and, really and, good. And if this shit happens, you would be taking it seriously too. 
Yeah, and I would want him on my side. Mm-hmm. Totally. And his his whole work is like that. He he's very like I, I hesitate to say serious because that puts a lot of weight on it, but yeah. he's very serious about his shit. He sounds the most like a quote unquote real rapper more of the time. Yeah. Because it's not poppy, it's not happy, it's dark and pretty gritty. I like yeah. it. I really like his stuff and I wish he recorded more. Excellent. Uh next is Whitey Cracker. Yeah. Which, you know, I first saw that name and I was like, YT Cracker. I wonder what the YT stands for. Because <laughs> uh, he a whitey cracker. Because he a whitey cracker, yeah. And he is. He is the he is just the whitest white kid ever. And if you talk about street cred for mainstream rap in terms of nerdcore, he has some of, if not the highest nerd cred because he's actually been prosecuted for hacking. Oh, really? Yeah, like he's he's legit. He is he seriously knows his shit. And he raps about what he knows, which is hacking and nerd Isn't stuff. It like, does he do a how to on the hacking? Like, uh, yo, bitches, this is how you gonna do the CIA. It's just a song, man. It's just a song. No, his stuff is actually semi advanced in that if you don't know a lot of, not a lot, if you don't know some stuff about how computers work, you'll miss some of the references. Oh, I will miss it all. And but is it also like, does he? is it autobiographical? Is he telling stories about, you know, his adventures in the world of hacking? Yes, yeah, some. Though it's to my recollection, none of them are like, I typed this in and I got into the website. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like that. It's just more general stories. <laughs> Here's a Contra code, bitches. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is better, probably. Yeah. But he's actually not not without his own legitimate mainstream cred. Uh, in 2007, he was at the Players Ball, where Exhibit and fuck uh, Ice Cube. He's like what Morpheus would be doing if he never discovered the Matrix. And instead discovered yeah. rap. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And he does a lot of uh, crossover stuff. So he's featured on a lot of tracks that other people do. Let's see. What song did I pick for him? Mega Nerd. Mega Nerd. Hacking on computers, disassembling stuff. Paid off in the end, now who got it rough? The beauty of the bond and the world of the switch. Make a new generation of us geeksters rich. We own those that made fun of us. Try to make a run at us. Beat us up in class, said, yeah, there's a ton of us. Who's laughing now? Cause most of us, your bosses. The rest of you are flipping burgers, smelling secret sauces. Yeah. This is the life of a mega nerd, baby. Not his best, I think, but... but this was the one of the 8-bit ones, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. He, he actually does a lot of chiptune work as well. Not all of it, but a lot. And this is kind of one of the more... This is me. This is us. This is Nerdcore. This is where right. it all starts. This is how it all begins and kind of what you're looking at. It's a good entry to say like, hey, if you want to know what Nerdcore hip-hop's about, this will be a good way to get your feet wet. There you go. Get my feet wet, bitches. Bitches. So that's Whitey Cracker. Which I just oh, love. Oh, oh. I love his name. <laughs> no, it's good. And it's even better that it took me just a second. So then we have Word Burglar. He may be my favorite newer, or newer to me, I suppose. Yeah. And he still records a lot. Like, he's put out five albums in the last five years. Now, five do a lot of years. these guys tour? Yes, constantly. Where would they play? They play... Fuck, everywhere. Clubs mainly? Cons, clubs, definitely clubs. Uh, there, there are videos of several of them performing in clubs with like 30 people in the crowd or whatever. Because that's just, I mean, when you're an 
underground or not mainstream artist. That's just what you do. You go to clubs and you collect the. Book you know what though? Door. But to me though, that's kind of the dream. That's oh yeah. Apart from the fact that I just so enjoy doing it, it's one of the impetuses for the podcast network and everything. Is I would love to be able to make a living doing this, and I would love to have even a small yet dedicated fan base. You know, I see people who were YouTube celebrities or whatever. They'll go to cons and they'll have this one room with like 50 dedicated people that just love what they do. Nobody else outside of that room knows who the fuck they are. Yep. But they've got enough of a fan base to be able to do it for a living. And they get to go to places and not be mobbed. They can walk around the room and look at shit. But they've got those people that just love them and love who they who they are and what they do. And you don't want to be fucking Tom Cruise and not be able to leave your house. You know, you want to be that guy or that lady that people love what you do. You can make a living off of it. And if you go somewhere, you're going to get 30 or 40 people that are just rabid. Yep, absolutely. And a lot of them are. And but several of them will perform at like major. Oh, sure. Conventions or whatever. And even big stars that go to cons who've never been to them are stymied by the amount of love in the room. I just saw the other day with George Clooney, who went to a con for something. I can't remember what it was not Batman and Robin. It was something reasonable. (laughs) recent and even he who's like one of the most adored celebrities on the planet was just like it was amazing well like you go to a con that's the people that like fucking hardcore love what you do yeah absolutely and they're nice about it yeah they're cool but they're passionate yeah word burglar actually he's he's amazing to me because i'm i love i love words i love language and Mm -hmm. his deal is words like right. it's right there in his name and he has a lot of really nice wordplay and puns mm-hmm. and he's very quick which is very impressive to me mm-hmm. and the analogies that he's able to come up with and the wordplay that he is able to use in his lyrics are all very impressive yeah he's he's kind of right up your alley though because he's not only is he a nerdcore rapper but he is also a comic book creator Excellent. he is a sketch and stand-up comedian yay he does a web, not a web, like a YouTube video thing. Awesome. Uh, he's acted in commercials and stuff. It, it, like he just does kind of everything. And then two years ago, two or three years ago, he released an album, a concept album about G.I. Joe <laughs> called Welcome to Cobra Island. It's just he's he's great. And he has relatively high production value. It's less DIY. They have like a crew. Right. And a production company label that awesome. helps set up all of their, you know, post-production for their music and their production for their videos, which are great. And he does do lots of his crew is like nine or 13 or something other Canadian hip hop artists. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the first video you sent me drawing with words. It's got like 32, almost 33,000 hits. That's kind of where you want to be, I think. That's kind of a nice little sweet spot. I mean, obviously yeah. you'd like more, but like I said, that's enough. Yeah, to absolutely. Get some attention, but to not, again, be the kind of person that can't just go to the fucking store. Oh, yes, yes, y'all. Like Lee Fox, that's real talk. And when I'm not reading them, keep them safe in the seal box. Spotty, Booster Gold, and X Men. Ninja Turtles, and Tick, and John Burns, next man. Collecting milk and cheese wookies to strange adventures for real geeks who can name Avengers like Rathalon, Tigra, Jack of Hearts, US Agent, though he was always in the wackest darks. You like Star Fox? That wouldn't bug me. Dude saw more pussy than Catwoman's undies. Trust me. Like Hawkeye and Mockingbird, you could call me a nerd. I like my drawings with words. Word. And that's not one of his more mainstreamish right songs. Like that's about comic books, so of course it's going to appeal more to people who look for songs about comic books. But his one of his 
common partners in several of his songs is more or less. And more or less is more of a, a regular, less nerdcore rapper. Okay. And he's relatively prolific as well. But most of the work that I'm familiar with from him is partnered with Word Burglar. Awesome. And I love their stuff together. I think that their styles mesh very well and their voices work incredibly well together. And so I included a clip as well of more or less being incredibly impressive from the <laughs> well, song. When you give yourself the name more or less, you can't help but sound like not quite as impressed when someone calls. You're more or less a good rapper. <laughs> yes, more or less a good rapper. <laughs> but he is, he is very impressive. So I included a clip from the song Rhyme O'Clock with him awesome. being just really quick. Rhyme o'clock, Greenwich Mean Top Notch Digital. Way kids talk, sweet slop songs pitiful. Gag me with spoon bark, not minimal. Flag me and six to all y'all syllables. Stay simple for the sake of Sybil and syllabus for the simian serious motherfucker. I rhyme. Keep it bumping like a big building is building it with the burden of business. You bridesmaids aren't brides. We're married to the flow. Halifax to Orlando, run the millennium like Han Orlando. Is that word, burger? Yeah, you know it, fam. And I'm down with sharing like Lois and Bram. Goddamn. Spread new dope rhyme. So that's that's them, and they're great. And surprisingly, several Canadian rappers that are doing well in nerdcore. They got anger up in Canada, yo. I don't know. I don't know how they're getting it, but <laughs> they've got several. Man, whenever you get that wrong flavor of maple syrup on your waffles, right? Fuck the world. <laughs> Although maybe actual Canadians are like flavor of maple syrup. <laughs> Do you I've mean maple Canada. syrup? <laughs> okay, so that's Word Burglar and more or less, more or less. <laughs> and the next one will be Schaefer the Dark Lord, mm -hmm. which is such a self-important name. Oh, yeah. Comically self-important. It sure. is. It is absolutely comically self-important because he is the prototypical nerd. I mean, he's just a scrawny white dude. To look at him and think, wow, that is the picture of a nerd. Yeah. And then he's Schaefer the Dark Lord. The but as nerd. we as we both know and have encountered several times, people like that do sort of at least get online and give themselves a persona in video games or videos or whatever that does have an air of self-importance to it because they're trying to get some of that control in their lives back. Absolutely. But this is all tongue-in-cheek. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the and song you sent me is supervillain. Supervillain. I represent a third generation of evil. It courses through my blood, this love of chaos and killing. So much more than just a criminal. I'm a supervillain. In a mask with black gloves, pulled up past my elbows. Hello, I bellow with both this class. A mass of wild hair that's red or orange or green. With a single silver streak, I look horribly mean. I've got an army, what? weapons, what? and robots, what? and goons, what? and a gold membership into the Legion of Doom. Beyond the doors of my fortress, it's pouring down rain. I'm no madman, man. No, I'm fucking insane. <laughs> The whole song is about how he's a supervillain and he is, it's basically a diss track to his hero nemesis. Right. It's great and very tongue-in-cheek, like a lot of his stuff is very tongue-in-cheek. Though he also has some very creative original lyrics to go with that sort of thematic element. He's like if Butters takes his Professor Chaos character into adulthood. I could see that, actually. <laughs> I could totally see that. Uh, he put out an album a couple years ago called Sick Passenger, which had some really great songs on it artistically. But overall, the album was kind of self-indulgent and narcissistic. But it also addressed the fact that he was a self-indulgent narcissist. Oh, well, so it was go. kind of meta. Yeah. And if you are truly a self-indulgent narcissist, you don't really know that you are. And the whole album is almost a concept album about how the how he is a self-indulgent narcissist. 
So the fact that several of the songs come across as being very self-indulgent and narcissistic, <laughs> I, like I kind of want to say, oh, that's really self-absorbed. But then it's, yeah, it's really self-absorbed. That's right. kind of that's the, point. the point. So yeah. I can't even be mad at you. Like, right. how, how do you do this to me? That's not fair. <laughs> He's very good, and he has a lot of – several of the videos of him live are him in a tiny little room with 30 people, mm-hmm. and his music just gets played out of a black box on hey, stage. some days we pray for 30 people to come to our improv shows, so I right. get it. It's all good. And he's he's really great. Most of his songs are good to excellent, and the ones that are like Supervillain, that are kind of thematic and have a grand scope to them, mm-hmm. they're some of my favorite nerdcore songs awesome next would be mc hawking mc hawking it is are all his songs only about stephen hawking in one way or the other they're not about stephen hawking mc hawking is the alter ego of physicist stephen hawking Bitch, you think I'm bad. I ain't even started yet. I'll whack your whole damn crew and not even break a sweat. My rap is fucking huge. My dick's harder than concrete. Getting paid and laid. Gangster player elite. Dr. Dre can suck my dick. That bitch got no PhD. I lost count of mine. I got stupid whack degrees. Complex method ain't no thing. I'm mad dope crazy fly. Like quantum formula. I'll leave you asking why. I'm the mighty Stephen Hawking. The mi- mighty Stephen Hawking. I'm the mighty Stephen Hawking. That's hilarious. I did not the watch whole, these. I didn't get that far on the list. Yeah. The whole thing for this artist is that he is Stephen Hawking rapping under the name MC Hawking. So it's the same text to speech yeah. voice and the lyrics are, you know, a combination of real gangster rap and, you know, science and nerd yeah, stuff. The secrets of the universe. Exactly. It's hilarious. And uh, hard to explain outside of that. It's if if Stephen Hawking were a rapper. I think he did a pretty good job of explaining it just now because I get the concept. That's what it would be. And actually, Stephen Hawking himself knows about MC Hawking and has said that he is flattered and has no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, but when he said it, his tone didn't sound sincere. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, I mean, it's taken in the spirit that it, it is meant and it is out of love for Hawking's great work throughout his but life if you're gonna go that far and you're gonna do a parody like that like the whole computer voice thing gets real old real quick it's the oldest joke about stephen hawking and in some cases even though i just made one it's kind of cruel but like i would think that it's the same way with like galaxy quest was a light ribbing of star trek but you could tell the writers of that show of that movie knew a lot of star trek and just loved the hell out of it yeah. so i think it's the same thing you can most people are cool if you poke a little fun at them if you're also but i'm a huge fan and i know your work like i'm not just fucking like playing a guy in a wheelchair i know your work i have dissected your work and this is a homage to you this is not meant in any way except positive right but you know it also acknowledges the fact that here are the not positive things maybe about the things i love about you i love you but let's just be honest it would be really funny if you rapped exactly and so the artist behind mc hawking he's like a web designer or web developer or something with a degree in music composition so he and a dj get together with a text-to-speech program and some beats and make hip-hop music out of it and honestly at least for me the text-to-speech thing doesn't get old at all when combined with music no i mean it's a one-note joke if that's all you're doing with it yeah 
it's great. It's a very creative way to do that, and it is supremely nerdcore. And it also teaches. A little. Well, if you don't know any of Stephen Hawking's work, you probably learned something. Probably something, yeah. I love one of the songs he actually does with MC Front a lot. It's called Bitch Slap. <laughs> and it's about Stephen Hawking being a, he's a, a physics professor. Right. And MC Front a lot in the song is one of his teacher's assistants being a dick. And then MC Hawking basically says, I'm going to bitch slap you. And he's like, yeah, you can't because you're in a wheelchair and you can't move. And so he spends the night building a robotic arm to attach to his <laughs> wheelchair. And the next day he shows up to class and just, just fucking bitch slaps the shit out of MC Frontalot, nice. the TA. It's a hilarious song and it's really well done. And to me, I just love the spirit of all of it. That's awesome. So I just brought him up. Let's move on. MC Frontalot. Yeah. Speaking of. Uh, MC Frontalot is kind of the father of Nerdcore. Not because he was the first, but because he came up with the name. How long has he been around? 15, 20, wow, late 90s. Wow, this really does go back. Yeah. Yes. Far. And his album and the documentary accompanying the album Nerdcore Rising was 2005. Sweet. I think. Yeah, you sent me Charity Case and Secrets from the Future. Secrets from the Future. Is he the one you were talking about that did the Back to the Future? No, that was Futuristic Sex Robots. Oh, okay. Did Back to the Future. Charity Case. Now that distributor promised me checks, but didn't say how he was going to locate the front. It's the anonymity. I'm a little busy, bit late to shun. Hate to run. Can't be tardy to my rally. Art must be free is the decree. The finale is my lecture on the evils of the RIAA. Have they going to sue you every single time you hit play? Delay must revolt. What's that you say? Kids are pirates. Reading the front a lot. Oh no, I got betrayed. It's true. Front a lot's destitute. I need you to buy my CD so I can buy I picked that one because it's easy to understand and it's cute and catchy. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of about his deal. He is about the freedom of music and information and does a lot of talking and writing and rapping about art being free. But he is also like a person who needs to eat. <laughs> right. So he self-publishes and he produces it all and he puts it out on the internet. And of course, we could buy it for whatever it is, $18 or however much it costs. I get it through Spotify, so I pay him indirectly. Right. But for the most part, people who are into nerdcore rap are also kind of pretty nerdy and tend not to buy things. Right. <laughs> Digital things. Which is the eternal irony of the medium. Yeah, and that is what that song is all about, is that eternal irony. That it should be, art should be free, words should be free, information should be free. But I am also one of those artists who puts this out and yes. I have to eat. Right. I'm not looking to be a millionaire. Right. And that I dichotomy <laughs> that dichotomy is something that isn't recognized enough because most nerdcore rappers and the people kind of even on the fringe of nerdcore that are associated, they do that. They self-produce, they self-publish, mm -hmm. they put it out on the internet, and you can buy it or you could not buy it. Well, I remember when the whole Napster thing happened with Metallica. You know, I'm an old school Metallica fan, but at the same time, you know, it seemed indefensible at first. But I remember getting into a pretty deep conversation with someone about it where I was like, okay, money is the only way they can fight that battle, which is why they're looking really bad and greedy right now. But it really is just about, you know, an artist needs to get something. Yes. For what they produce. And very few people who pirate music or movies believe otherwise. Right. They just don't want to be the ones to pay them. Right. <laughs> and it's just that all of them are, all of them, that's hugely collective, and I'm sorry, but many 
individuals who pirate music or movies are like, I totally think they should get paid for good work that they do, uh, but I'm going to take this movie. Right. I mean, how many times? I mean, I think YouTube has gotten really smart with, you know, making it through the money they get from advertisers if you're a big enough video. So you could produce it, you could put it on YouTube, and then you could get a ton of advertisers because of how many views you've got. That's how you get paid instead of making the consumer pay. But at the same time, it's like, how many times have we, you know, gotten a song or seen a concert video or something like that on YouTube? Be like, man, I love this. I hope they're getting paid. I don't give a shit. I'm going to watch it anyway because it's just, it's right there. It's human nature. It's right there in front of you. Of course, you're going to grab it. Well, and one thing that I do like about most Norco rappers who do this and they self-publish, self-produce, and they put it on the internet where you could buy it or you could, you know, not buy it. They just trust. I'm <laughs> going to put out good work. Right. People will not buy my good work, listen to it, and then go buy my good work. Right. Because largely, m almost all people who ever pirate anything as a rule, not like the one time, but right. all the time, right. will pirate it so that they're not paying for shit. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other half of the argument is that it's like we talked about with video games. You're asking you're asking someone to pay 50, 60 bucks for something that might be a piece of shit. Exactly. And the creators oftentimes know it's a piece of shit. Right. And that's when you get into the big conglomerate companies where you're just like, that's why everyone has a huge distrust of them. We don't mind paying, but especially back in the days where all you could do was buy a CD. Yes. You hear the one song on the radio. You're like, oh, my God, I fucking love that song. And you pay $20 and it's just that one oh. song. Oh, the rest of the CD is garbage. And that's always something that you have to struggle with because, you know, the movie industry is not going to continue to make movies if they're not making money off those movies. So when you pay a ticket for a movie, you are risking the fact that it might not be good. I've never asked for my money back for seeing a movie that I didn't like because sure. I know going in that's a possibility. I'm paying for the possibility that I'm not going to like this movie. Right. And it's art. You're not going to like art all the time. But in music, it has become so easy yeah. to get music, sometimes without even the artist being aware of it. That was the whole thing about the Metallica thing. It wasn't that one of their songs made it to Napster. It was that an unfinished version of one of their songs was stolen from the studio and made it to Napster. And, and I think that even like Louis C.K. has been doing this for the last two or three albums that he's made. Mm -hmm. He puts it up on his website for five bucks. Right. He says, like, I know that you can find this and you can get it for free. I know you can. Right. I'm not stupid, but I would prefer that you just pay me five dollars. Right. Well, Radiohead did the same thing. With their... Yeah, And they made ungodly amounts of money. Yeah. Because that's all we really as consumers. All we're asking for is the respect due us as consumers like yeah. give us something worth paying for and we will pay you for it and make the price reasonable because that's the other yes. thing about the 20 bucks for a cd especially yep. when you find out how much it costs them to manufacture one cd you're like this isn't just you're trying to make a living this is you're trying to make an obscene profit from garbage and especially because i mean and this goes back to a completely different conversation about the music industry and the labels get 95 percent of yes. the orders of magnitude profit and the artists get like five cents right and that is oh, the beautiful right. thing about the internet too and that's a beautiful thing about what louis ck did or what radiohead did or what all these guys are able to do you're cutting out the middleman you don't have yep. somebody breathing down your shoulder going this is how you should make it because we've done the testing and this is what people like you're an artist who can do exactly what you want to do and then put it out there and yep. hopefully if it's good and people like it you will make a living off of it yep and they just and for the most part they do yeah
And they're like, hey, here's my PayPal. Send me $5. Right. Or whatever. And download my whole album. And in fact, most of them just have them on a website to be downloaded for free. You can just go get them. Yeah. You don't even have to have a subscription to Spotify or a music service of any sort. And they don't try to pull them off YouTube. They're everywhere. Right. You can just get them. And it's easy and it's fine. They just would also like you to give them some money every once in a while or come yeah. see them at a concert or whatever. So you know what? MC Front, a lot more power to you. Yep. He's great. He's truly great. And I did want to do a second clip uh, from the song Secrets from the Future. Sure. Future people do not give a damn about your shopping. Your visa number SSL to cherry popping. Hot ramp for action. Websites that you visit. More password protected partitions. No matter how illicit and this it would seem as your saving grace. Like amazing haste of people to forget your name, your face. You're lit in this list of indefensible indiscretions. In fact, the only way that you could pray to make impression on the era ahead is if instead of being notable, you make the data describing you undecodable. And I wanted to include that because Secrets from the Future is, despite the fact that MC Frontalot has a library full of songs I absolutely adore, it is to me the best, at least of his songs, if not all of Nerdcore. Right. The whole song is about encryption and how you can't prevent the future from seeing what we're doing today. This is like literal, like it goes obviously a lot of the stuff is pop culture stuff, but we're getting into like real nerd stuff. Yeah. And the lyrics to that song are amazing. And his skill as a rapper really shows to me in that song. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Probably is my favorite of all. Awesome. Um, after MC for a lot. Oh, this is the artist that I almost hesitated to include on the list. (laughs) But can't not have on this list. And it's MC Chris. So you're not a huge, huge fan of MC Chris. I like much of his music. I hope you at least like the song that you sent me. I love the song that I sent you. Okay. The song song I sent you is Fet's Vet. And that's Fet, as in Boba. as in Boba. Fet, as in... Core. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm at your solo for all I carry. Could be hiding Yoda's dojo. Gotta make the money. Credit's no good when a job was running shop in your neighborhood. Think you can cook? I got a grappling hook. Let's make this quick because I'm really booked. I'm a devious degenerate defender of the devil. Shuffling all the trash compactors on the detention level. My backpacks got chance. Well, I'm Boba. All that fat. Well, I bounty hunt for Java Hut to finance my vet. So. Fet's Vet is the first Nerdcore song I ever heard. Oh, okay. It's, There's a sentimental attachment to it, too. Not just that, but it's a fantastic song about Boba Fett being a bounty hunter so that he can afford to, you know, soup up his Corvette. There you go. Which is, the premise is ridiculous, but it's about, I mean, it's about Star Wars and Boba Fett, who's, of course, basically everybody's favorite character or whatever. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you see him doing the bounty hunting, but you never see what he does in his off time. Exactly. I mean, he does it because he wants the money. Well, what does he do with the money? Well, now we know. Exactly. And it shows MC Chris's style as well as any other song I could have picked. Right. MC Chris himself is actually relatively well known for being one of the voices on C-Lab 2021. Okay. And he did some lyrics to a song for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Awesome. Including the movie. And he actually worked for Cartoon Network for a while doing some stuff. I think he was a writer on, I want to say The Brack Show, or maybe it was just Space Ghost. Okay. Maybe both. We all love Space Ghost. Right. He, apparently he wrote the theme song for some of the Smodcast. Oh, awesome. Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's relatively prolific. He does stuff. He puts out work. I mean, visual media and writing and rapping and stuff. Yeah. 
his style is very unique. It's very high-pitched. It's very quick. You can't mistake him for anyone else. I couldn't not put him on the list because he is his work is a serious part of stuff you're going to come across mm-hmm. in that genre. And kind yeah, of all just those in nerdy shows stuff. have great theme songs. Yeah, in general. And he's not at all bad at doing that. No. But he's not the most well-liked as a person, person or his, yeah. his content? Oh, okay. He's behaved in ways that spoke more of a spoiled, rich rock star sort than I of see. a nerdcore rapper. Which is who... so weird. Because, you know, fucking <clears throat> Kid Rock walks into a place and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, Kid Rock's going to be Kid Rock. And this guy, I'm MC Chris, bitches. Don't yeah. you know who I am? And you're just uh, like, no, I don't. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. And so that's a thing. And he's he's done that. And like he kicked out some a fan from one of his concerts or whatever for a tweet that he wrote. And then he went on Reddit and apologized, quote unquote, apologized. Like, and it just kind of just became this big shitstorm. And so it's really drama-tastic. Whereas for the most yeah. part, Nerdcore is relatively without drama. Right. It's pretty happy. It's pretty laid back. Most nerds are reasonably down to earth people. I mean, we we mm-hmm. definitely have the subset of people that you know, like people we've talked about before that you run into that are just operating off of all these old childhood insecurities, and therefore, once they get a little bit of respect in something, they're like, "No, I'm the best at World of Warcraft, and I will make you suffer." You know, they just are yeah. dicks because they get a little bit of respect in something. But I think most part, most of the nerds and geeks I know, even those that have had success in something, are reasonably cool down to earth people. Yeah, and it just it's that he comes across as not being that way. Right, that's not. And cool. a lot of the artists that I respect quite a bit don't have much respect for him as a person. Yeah, like it's always nothing this... to be said at all about his music. Like his right. music is his music, and you take it for what it is. And it, right. he's very good at what he does. Like I think Mel Gibson is a shitty person, but. Goddamn, the gag can direct a movie. <laughs> right. I uh, hate the is... fact that he's a shitty person. Yeah, but... but, you know, good movie's a good movie. Right. And that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I couldn't not put him on the list, because you can't. He's right. been around in Nerdcore since nearly the beginning. He has put out some of the more known and maybe not influential, but certainly <laughs> quotable, sing-alongable songs. He is a part of things that most nerds know about, if not know very well. You can't not include him. But then again, I don't want to be like, MC Chris is the best because I just don't. Uh, I'm not really big on fanboys and the people that act like dicks about being nerds. I don't like that. And I don't like people who become exclusionary or become super full of themselves in a way that puts other people off. And he's done that in the past. There may or may not be a growth or a change of attitude as he gets I mean, I hesitate to say gets older because he's older than me. Right. So it's not like he's a child or whatever. Right. But as he grows as a person. Well, I mean, sometimes when you're older, it's even harder to justify it. Yeah. It's and like that... you're not, you know, I hate Justin Bieber. I hate him. I'm not yeah. a fan of his music. I can acknowledge that he has talent. I'm just not a fan of his music. And him as a person is constantly reminding us that he's just a douche. But there's always that little caveat. We're like, well, he got a lot of success at a very young age and it went to his head and he doesn't know how to handle it. So you sort of hope he matures out of that. But if you're our age or older, 
you should be past that point. Yeah, I agree. But it is never too late for personal growth. And True. it is entirely possible that that is that has gone on already. True. And that's why I haven't really kind of heard anything about it for a while, uh, which would be great. It would be great. I would love it if I could not feel kind of iffy about putting somebody so prolific and profound on a list like the top 10 right. artists you need to listen to from Nerdcore. Eh. So take him with a grain of salt. And he's not everybody's cup of tea. His style is very unique, but he's very good, good at that style. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess based on the uh, the names of the songs is we are getting into the part of the list I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch yet. So I'm going to guess that based on the names of these songs, Mad Hatter is a nerdcore rapper who raps about video games, specifically based on the songs you sent me, Mario and Zelda. Uh, yes and no. No? Yes Pipe and Dreams no. and Ganon Slayer? Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> yes, the first one is Pipe Dreams. It's not about Mario? It is absolutely about okay. Mario. It's okay. not only about Mario, it is Mario. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm a rapper. Go. I've been having crazy pipe dreams. Don't laugh. And please don't tell the mental hospital staff. But I wake up in the land filled with mushrooms. Run a plants a doom and fire flowers in full bloom. It don't stop there. Yeah. It sounds insane. There's a princess in peril that calls out my name. Mario. I don't know how she knows me though. But she's fine as hell and has an ass like woe. So I run through the land and I'm quick on the double. Dream of no dream man. Toadstool is in trouble. So bring on King Koopa. I ain't that impressed. I'ma flush out that snake like a plumber possessed. I adore Mad Hatter. Yeah. He, I would, I would go have drinks with Mad Hatter. I would totally be friends with Mad Hatter. I've been following his record label, Scrub Club Records, since they started. He is apparently, I don't know him personally yet. So <laughs> that is a goal. He is apparently. Well, we're gonna tag all these guys except maybe MC Chris on Twitter, so maybe they'll listen to this episode. Matt will be like, "Oh, she sounds cool. I'll right. reach out." Hey, I mean, he's just up the street in Austin, so. Oh well, there you go. It could happen. He's apparently like the nicest dude in nerdcore. He's the Tom Hanks of nerdcore. Like he just he wants he wants everybody to make and put out their music and do whatever they want to do and listen however they want to listen, and he's just apparently super super nice. And I think that's great for one. And for two, Pipe Dreams is one of the songs on the album 8-Bit Bullshit, which is the best nerdcore album top to bottom that's ever been released. Nice. <laughs> and as you can probably tell, I love a lot of these artists. Yeah. And I love a lot of their work. A lot. I really like them. Yeah. This whole album is amazing. Start to finish, it's chiptune. It's not only chiptune. It is thematically appropriate to the subject matter so if it's the mario music it's pipe dreams which is a song nice. about mario if it's the zelda music it's ganon slayer which is link talking about killing ganon those are the songs right that's what is he exclusively i mean does he mainly do songs from the perspective of video game characters no sadly <laughs> to me 8-bit bullshit was the only one that oh, okay. did that like, he has other albums that are uh less thematic right. and more just actual rap and he's very good very yeah. very both nice. at lyrics and at performing because there have been some artists that have been like they write great lyrics but your voice i can't listen to you right. at all that and was my big knock on the smiths i always knew people who really loved the smiths and i was like look it's great but morrissey 
I can only handle his voice for a few minutes. And I mean, some of that's just aesthetic. A lot of people, like, I can only take a little bit of MC Chris at a time. Right. Because after a few songs, his voice just becomes too much for me. Right. But I will always go back to him. Oh, sure. It's great for a couple songs in a row and then we're done. But Mad Hatter, I could listen to him rap all day. Nice. His voice is just, to me, aesthetically, it carries that much weight. It's so good. And A Bit Bullshit is just the best nerdcore album. It's all on YouTube. You can listen to it start to finish. Uh, so there was Pipe Dreams, which is the Mario one, and Ganon Slayer, which is the Link one from Zelda. I roll through high rules, swinging my blade. I got mad rupees, hella paid. And I'm on a quest to eliminate Ganon. Some say I'm a loose cannon. But just because I like to throw my swords and leave them stuck dead in your vocal cords, that don't mean you have to hate. Extinguishing evil is my fate, so I roam the land every day and night. Looking for adventure, looking to fight. Ganon is a wizard, but I am much greater. My name is Lincoln, I'm the hater exterminator. Excellent. But yes, Mad Hatter is great. He's he's fantastic and scrub club records which is his record label is it has several different artists not all of them nerdcore some of them just straight hip-hop some of them industrial some of them electronics it encompasses several different genres and their art it's an artist owned record label so they have control over their own distribution they have control over their own performance rights they have they have control over their own trajectory according to their mission statement and that's very empowering in this age that we've been talking about of how to get your music out, how to get your word out and still get paid. <laughs> right. And do it in a way that you're comfortable with. So like they're able to be booked or whatever and their music is able f- both for download and for purchase and scrubclubrecords.com is where you would go to do that. Sweet. And you should check them all out absolutely because he has many artists under that label and you can hear uh, them all there. So you can get a taste for everything they have to offer. Absolutely. Now, next, uh, this guy's pretty much, I think, uh, if I'm still reading the list the way you're reading the list, he's, he's really wearing it on his sleeve. He's not sort of secret nerdcore at all. Uh, you sent me a song by Beefy. Beefy. And the song is named Nerd. Nerd. I don't have low self-esteem. It's only your words. So stand up and be proud if your ass is a nerd. I'm a nerd. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm a nerd. I roleplay and I brag about it. I'm a nerd. On the net till 5 a.m. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. That's who I am. I'm a nerd. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm a nerd. I roleplay and I brag about it. I'm a nerd. On the net till 5 a.m. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. But that's who I am. Such as life being a nerd. Yeah. And I really like, like ice cubes. Today was a good day. Day in the life nerd. of a nerd. Yeah, pretty much. I really like Beefy because he's he's pretty real. Yeah. Uh, he's a big dude and he just says that right up front. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's and, all about clarity. That's what I'm getting. Yes. I want you he to know is, exactly who I am, what I do, what I'm talking about. Not just in presentation, but also in his style of rapping. He's very clear. He's incredibly easy to understand. You don't have to decipher the lyrics, which right. is a problem that, I mean, even I have every once in a while with oh, rap. Sure. I have to listen to a song several times to make sure I got all the words. Oh, look, as somebody that is a fan of metal, I mean, how many times have like, right. I get to a section in a song and I'm just like, oh, I love this part. You know. And then you have to like phonetically sound it out and figure yeah, out what I'm makes sing sense. Yeah, sing it along yeah. that way. <laughs> like, have you yeah, heard the totally. song? <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. Beefy is not like that. You can get every word. And it's not because it's slow or dumb or whatever. It's not. He's very good, really rhythmic, really knows his shit, but very understandable, perfectly accessible to your average everyday listener. Right. And he he raps about playing video games and having trouble picking up girls and being a nerd. It's just very prototypical nerdcore. It's really very good. And he also is featured on several different artist tracks. Excellent. Next on the list, I have MC Lars. I'm assuming this is not Ulrich. That is correct. It is not Ulrich. And oh. MC Lars actually begins my final three that aren't quite nerdcore. Okay. Generic so, Crunk Rap is the name of the song you said. Yep. Generic Crunk Rap is pretty much right in the title. Tells you exactly what you're going to expect from the song. It's stylistically crunk. crunk. And the lyrics are meta. It's a song about crunk rap, not a crunk rap song. Right. Phrase about my gun. Ram about my loot. Phrase about these haters. I sometimes have to shoot. Ram about my clothes. Pops in my hometown. Lyrics that say nothing because that's how we get down. Phrase about my click. Don't step to me, punk. We're too with this rhyme about keeping it crunk. Big ups to our genre. We do it our own way. It's just too bad our songs don't have anything to say generic crunk rap what generic crunk rap yeah. generic crunk rap what we don't mess around mc lars was a literature major in college cool so he has songs about the raven oh nice and he has a song about moby dick nice and he uses a lot of those references he has one song that's actually slightly better in my opinion than generic crunk rap called uh, signing emo okay which is a rap song about an emo band, and the chorus is an emo chorus Nice over the rap beat. Nice. It's actually really great. And he, the reason that MC Lars is not on my nerdcore rappers list and is instead on my associated with nerdcore rappers list is because he doesn't actually consider himself nerdcore. Okay. He dubs himself... What is that for him to say, really? I mean, it is and it isn't. So I absolutely consider MC Lars nerdcore rap because he raps about nerdy stuff. Right. He's on my nerdcore list, right. like my playlist. But he dubs himself post-punk laptop rap. Okay. He and said to just, start a new genre within a genre. It's just his thing. And he is featured on many nerdcore tracks. He right. tours with lots of nerdcore artists. He's with that scene. And has no problem with it. It's not like he's all, oh, nerdcore, that's so lame. Yeah. He's not like that at all. He's just, he himself is slightly different. And his style is definitely not exactly like nerdcore style because there is a lot, there are a lot more guitars. There's a lot more, not metal, but music right. instead of just rap. And that's awesome. fine. That's what he wants to do. That's fine. He did a song with MC Chris called The Roommate from Hell, cool. which is a hilarious song. About how MC Lars was roommates with the devil, the actual <laughs> devil in hell, in college. And the end of the song is MC Chris as the devil, his roommate. But nice. because MC Chris has that super high-pitched voice and style, right before his part of the song, in, in the song, MC Lars says, No, wait, Satan, that's too much helium. And then there's a sound of him inhaling <laughs> off a helium balloon. And yeah, then MC yeah. Chris comes in as the devil. Nice. And it's just, it's hilarious and cute. And he belongs on the nerdcore list to me. But out of respect for his post-punk sure. laptop rap. <laughs> sure. He isn't actually one of the 10 nerdcore Well, we'll do artists. another episode on post-punk laptop rap. It'll be MC Lars. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, now this next one, like you want to talk about something that does not sound like even rap, much less nerdcore. I mean, I read the name of this band and the first thing I thought was tongue in cheek bluegrass. This is Captain Dan and the Scurvy Crew. Captain Dan and the Scurvy Crew. They are pirate rap. And oh, it, they are pirates. Oh, that's a Oh, yes. Well, the name of the they song are... is Broadside. Broadside. You'll know me by the notches on my tricorner cap. Every snip is a ship that I've turned into scrap. Rolling round the Caribbean on a royal decree. If you can't you're, take the heat, then get out of the sea. We set a trap to attack when you showed us your back. You know we stack all the cannons and we drop all the tack. Point the guns at the hull and aim all your gas. 500 pounds sterling, whoever brings me his hat. Arr. There's nothing sadder than a pirate with a fake eye pack. Saying R as the cabin boy battens down his hatch. I'd love to know the STDs you're planning to catch, but I'm busy with my honeys at the b b bowling. That's all she wrote. Now your crew will be smoked. We'll shoot down all your sailors and we'll blow up your boat. Your words are strong, like the winds on the storm. But now you're left in rubble, could have left when we warned. They're the only rap crew with buccaneer technique. Nice. Is what they say. And they're great. <laughs> it's not nerd core. They have one song about uh, World of Warcraft. But it is like straight comedic intentional. <sighs> it's You tell niche. me they're rapping pirates. I'm not going to be listening to their ballad about suicide. <laughs> they, I mean, yes, most of their songs are pretty peppy, I guess, and tongue-in-cheek. I mean, they have songs about the ladies in Scarlet. So it's a song about hookers. They've got one song about all about the booty yeah. Which is exactly what you would think it would be about. And they have several that are like rap songs. It's a song called Hook It Up, which is basically like the put your hands in the air song. Yeah. Where the lyrics are just put your hands in the air. But it's about the reason it's Hook It Up is because Captain Dan has a hook for a hand. <laughs> so their hands in the air sign is to put your forefinger in a hook and hold it in the air. Like it's very genre it's very niche. It's very just for them, for the most part. But they're good. They're really, really good. And if you can kind of just get into the mindset of the fact that these are pirates who are rapping, or they are rappers who are pirates, whichever way you <laughs> want to do that, their music is actually very good. And Broadside is probably their best. They've had Zealous One on a couple tracks. Mm -hmm. They have a couple other nerdcore rappers and they tour with nerd or toured with several nerdcore rappers captain dan is apparently on a hiatus right now Aww. but the rest of the scurvy crew is still recording and you can support them through patreon i think uh sea dog actually who is part of the scurvy crew he's he's so great his <laughs> like actual voice his rap style is very listenable to me yeah. and he looks nothing like he sounds <laughs> Like, to hear him rap, like I picture kind of a, I don't know, like a bigger dude with maybe a slight buzz cut and a constant five o'clock shadow and kind of a surly mug and buff barrel chested sort of guy. He's just a tall, scrawny white dude, like just nerd <laughs> as nerd can be in pirate gear. It's great. And one of their songs is about sea monsters. Nice. It's called Sea Monsters. Oh, that's good. Again. And it actually... You know no, yeah. Not burying the lead. No, not at all. No, there's no burying anything except maybe treasure yeah, for them. And Sea Monsters is kind of a stupendous song, actually, because it is about mythical sea monsters. And they managed to include a wealth of mythical sea monsters in Cthulhu this rap in there about. Somewhere? Is who? Is Cthulhu, Cthulhu in there somewhere? No. Oh, damn. Because I don't think even Captain Dan and the Scurvy Crew could take Cthulhu. And I don't think they think so either. <laughs> 
but they they include you know Tiamat and Leviathans and the Yakumama, and these are mythical creatures that not everybody would know about. Pop, Me and pirates the crew do. Kraken and Lacken, but the one thing we don't want to go up against is Kraken. Oh, I already said Kraken in the first verse. See, I'd make a terrible rapper. Well, it would take practice. <laughs> But I love Captain Dan. I they are not strictly nerdcore. They're pirate rap. Well, there you go. Absolutely I mean, that's, pirate rap. God, another fucking pirate rap group. <laughs> right? We're just swimming in them. Ugh. Was that a pun? Uh, it wasn't intended to be, but yes, it oh, ended God. up being a pun. All right, and last on the list, I want to know if this is last on purpose because you really think this guy deserves special recognition, or you were just like, this is no certain order. These are people that have to be included. It's last on purpose, but not just because. He's amazing, though he is amazing. It's last on purpose because he is the least nerd core of anyone else on the list. Ah. Because he's not a rapper, for one. Oh. And well, that that will that will hurt. Yeah, because he's not nerd core. He's Jonathan Colton. Tell me a little bit about Mr. Colton. His name was Jonathan Colton. It was, and still is, in fact. Oh. Jonathan Colton, the closest I could come to a very brief comparison by way of description would be Weird Al. Oh, cool. The, not that's a bad the closest, but it's not it's not actually accurate Is because he, he doesn't parody do parodies. Artist? No. He writes okay. his own music, he writes his own lyrics, he self-produces and self-publishes, he puts it out under the Creative Commons license so you can take his music awesome. and do stuff with it. Awesome. As long as you credit him. Mm -hmm. His work is unique to me. I have never heard anyone else like him that actually writes and performs in the way that he does. Sure. The reason that he is on the list of nerdcore artists plus three others, he's the third other. Right. Is because he does tour at conventions. He does I perform see. with nerdcore rappers. He right. is on a song with MC Lars and MC Frontalot. Right. He's steeped in the culture. He just doesn't necessarily represent it. Yeah, absolutely correct. And if you come across or if you start to explore kind of any of this music at all, you will come across Jonathan Colton all by himself. Right. He could take over this list as being the one you need to listen to. He's truly like I know that nerdcore rap is not for everyone. I get that. I'm not trying to proselytize because really it is its own special hey, kind this of podcast has something has a meaning though. It's about what we're passionate about. Fuck everybody That's true. else. Well no. Like I want to include everybody else. No fuck them. No. No seriously. Very much fuck not them. in the spirit. Well, maybe for you. <laughs> you go right ahead. I'll tr I've been trying. I know you have. A lot of no's. A couple of meh, meh, meh. Not a ton of enthusiasm. So if you're out there, just know that I'm willing. Yeah, there you go. So if nerdcore rap or pirate rap or post-punk laptop rap ends up not being your thing, that's fine. <laughs> Jonathan but, Colton should be your thing. Jonathan Colton is everyone's chance. thing. I agree. You should absolutely give it a chance because if you're – like I know that um, – Clint from the Geek Dig podcast. Yes. He doesn't like rap, he says. Right. I think that he might like it more if he were listening to Nerdcore rap. Yeah. It's it's all a problem of identifying, you know. Clint's Clint's not necessarily from the street, maybe. Maybe. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I can't say. I don't know his life. That's true. He he could have capped some homies. I don't know. He could have, yeah. He could have shivved some friends. I don't know. But, you know, it's all about identifying. So I think he might like it better with subject matter that is more intriguing. But you relatable. think Jonathan Colton does a great bridge into that world for people that don't necessarily like rap. They Quite can possibly. still go, oh, I get this guy. I get and this even style. If, even if not a bridge, all by himself. He's right. an artist that I think everyone should listen to. And I, I can't come up with anyone, any one genre who, 
whose listeners couldn't appreciate Jonathan Colton. Right. Because he's got songs that are written in a bluegrass twang. He's got... Well, I get what you're saying with the connection then to Weird Al, because that, you know, for anyone that just says he's some silly one-off thing, you really, and his band too, you really have to take into account that they're doing so many different genres. Exactly. That you can't not be impressed by that. Exactly. And writing all the time. Right. And even though Weird Al as a parody artist, the music isn't his to write. Although he does write a lot of his own songs. He absolutely does. And the polka stuff and all of the... Yeah. But he also does write songs in his own genre. You know, I I have a Rhapsody account and my daughter has gotten really into Weird Al. And this is hopefully a connection to Jonathan Golden because I just don't want to go off on yet another tangent. But, you know, there's a song I forgot about. I think it's on maybe not the new album, but maybe one or two albums ago that is very much a Rage Against the Machine song. But it's not a Rage Against the Machine song. It is in the style of a Rage Against the Machine song. And it's about suing people. And you're like, this isn't a parody. This is Weird Al's attempt at that type of genre. And it's well, yeah, pretty solid representation favorite, of that type of genre. Totally. One of my favorite of his songs is Don't Download This Song. Right, right. Which is an original single. So, yes. like, he's not at all not a musician or artist or writer right. in his own right. He totally is. It's just that most people think of him as right. a parody artist because that's largely what and he does. And they never quite consider the fact that most people can't even master one genre of music. Exactly. But he's able to not only parody in any genre, apparently, right. but write in at least several. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of where the connection to me as a comparison would come from to John. That's very Holden. cool. I mean, that because goes he does from that as well. being a, a musician to getting into sort of genius level stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And... Jonathan Colton started writing as writing one song a week. Oh, nice. His first or one of his first albums was Thing a Week. (laughs) And he just wrote a song a week to make sure that he was writing all the time, writing, always writing. And his style improves and it includes just just stuff. He's like, I'm going to pick this topic to write about and I'm going to come up with a whole song, a whole story, a whole narrative. And then I'm going to make music and I'm going to write lyrics and I'm going to sing it all and I'm going to put it all together and I'm going to make music all the time. That's pretty amazing. He is. He is truly an amazing artist. And I think everybody should definitely get in on him. Last week I left a note on Laura's desk It said I love you, signed anonymous friend Turns out she's smarter than I thought she was She knows I wrote it, now the whole class does too And I'm all alone during couples skate When she skates by with some guy on her arm But I know that I'll forget Dome on a platform in space Cause it's gonna be the future soon I won't always be this way When the things that make me weak and strange Get engineered well, this has been very cool. This has been a trip down a, a rabbit hole that I really didn't know much, if anything, about. Obviously, I'd heard certain nerdcore stuff, just I think as a genre, wasn't yeah. aware that I was listening to nerdcore. And if you're the same as me, this is a great comprehensive list of people that you should at least check out to see if you like it. Give it more, you know, if you hear one artist and you're not particularly fond of them, check out at least two or three. I think give at least five people a shot. 
<laughs> I think that's fair. I agree because honestly, the styles do vary quite Absolutely. a bit. Absolutely. Well, thank you for bringing this to the table. I think we've all learned a little something today. Yeah, I'm so. I really do love nerdcore rap. So I've I've been wanting to talk about it for a while and share it with everybody so that they would have you know a mixtape for their road trips for Christmas coming there up you or go. whatever. And it's perfect too. You get them off of iTunes or wherever you can find them on the the artist sites themselves. Download them. You got a whole list of new artists on your six-hour trip to visit people you hate. And you can <laughs> deal with the tension and the stress that way. Hell yeah. So that's awesome. I think that's about all we have. If you are listening to this and you know Nerdcore and you want to send us some other artists that maybe Carissa didn't mention or that it's possible we've never heard, how can they get in contact with us, Carissa? Well, they can email us at lucky10,000 at Gmail. It's all spelled out, lucky10,000 at Gmail.com or catch us on Twitter at lucky underscore 10K. Also, we are on Stitcher and iTunes other than the networks we've already named. So if you want to give us a five-star review on one of those platforms, we will read it on the air. If you want to drop us another line about some nerd cores in your review, you don't even have to go through the problem of emailing. Just tell us how great we are and then tell us we suck in the comments. And then yeah. tell us about Nerdcore that you like that we didn't mention because we suck. We'll read absolutely. it. Oh, hey, if you're a Nerdcore artist, give us a five-star oh, review absolutely. and like promo your stuff and tell us about how cool you are and we will read your stuff. You will get free ads. Yeah, and if you're MC Lars or, or MC uh, uh, or Mad Hatter, that was the one. If you're Mad Hatter, Mad Hatter. and hear this, Chris is just right down the road from you, man. Just give her a call. <laughs> She's desperate. All oh, she ever stop. fucking talks about. Mad Hatter this, Mad Hatter that. I wonder how big his cock is. Oh, all the time. So, okay, she doesn't really say that, but maybe I want to know. Just let us know. <laughs> Contact us. But anyway, thank you for bringing that to the table, Carissa. We will yeah, be thanks. back next week. So we're not taking another holiday, at least for another three weeks. But maybe not even then. Who knows? We'll see. So thanks for listening. I hope you got lucky tonight. Good night, nerds. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan and Carissa. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.